This is the final Sunday of the church's current liturgical year. We begin a new liturgical year next Sunday with the beginning of Advent. All around the world, on the final Sunday of the liturgical year, Catholics celebrate the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. I invite you to focus on that. You can get that when you go home. Just click on our social media. Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And this week to join me in trying to enter into that expression of who Jesus is and to consider what that means in your daily life and the way you're living your daily life. Don't, from the beginning or in the middle or at the end, try to take Jesus and fit him into some idea you have about earthly kings. As I hope you will understand through this brilliant homily, that would be the opposite of what we should do. The goal is to take the real Jesus who comes to us through the scripture and to understand how he reveals himself to us as our Lord, the King of the universe. First reading we just heard is hopefully familiar to you. Like last Sunday, it's from the Old Testament book of Daniel. We talked about this last Sunday. It's an apocalyptic form of writing. This book is written between 167 and 164 AD. We know it's during the rule of Antiochus IV. It is a vision of the end of the world. In the very specific vision we just heard in Daniel 7, Daniel sees off in the future at the end of the world, we believe God is really inspiring this vision, a mysterious but clear figure. The figure is someone who is like a son of man who comes in the clouds to God the Father. God the Father presents to the son of man gl glory and dominion and kingship over all nations and all peoples forever. So completely mysterious, but very clear. The Son of Man is a person who is given by God the Father eternal kingship over the universe. About 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus in a place called Palestine, who at about age 30 goes out into the world and he tells people that he is the Son of Man. Again, I'm, I'm happy to say I think most of you know this. Jesus picks of all the hundreds or thousands of titles from the Old Testament that he could apply to himself. He only uses one. He only uses this to talk about himself, the Son of Man. It's directly from Daniel 7. This is so wild if you open your mind to this. He chooses that to reveal to people who he is from the beginning of his public ministry. Jesus teaches people that he has come to begin the final stage of humanity, of human history, and he calls it the kingdom of God. Again, I think we all know this. Jesus is the central theme of his teaching and his preaching is the kingdom of God. He has begun a kingdom of God on this earth that begins here, and it comes to fulfillment eternally in heaven. Anybody who is blessed enough to encounter Jesus, who makes the actual decision to live as his disciple, not just to be associated with him, but to live as his follower, becomes part of the kingdom of God, is hopefully going to be part of this kingdom eternally, and works day by day to learn from Jesus, to do what he tells us to do, to help build his kingdom now. You all with me on this? It's really pretty clear. 2,000 years ago, some people, with all their limitations and their sinfulness, 
actually accepted that. They couldn't nearly understand it during Jesus' public ministry, but they were attracted to him. They believed that God was working through him, and they accepted the mystery of all this Son of Man and Kingdom of God stuff. Many people 2,000 years ago encounter Jesus and they say, blah, they're not interested, or he becomes too challenging. Many people absolutely encounter Jesus, have the opportunity to hear all of this, they have the opportunity to enter into the mystery and see where it goes, and they reject it. They are offended by Jesus. Some people, I'm sure, knew that Son of Man reference. It's not obscure in the the Hebrew Scripture. And I'm sure they rejected that Son of Man. That's not this Jesus guy. People were offended by what he taught people love was about, what God was about, what was mandatory to live in God on this planet. For all sorts of reasons, people rejected that freely. Some people, particularly certain religious leaders, so rejected Jesus that they decided we've got to destroy him. We've got to kill him. He is anti-God. He is pretending as if he's God. Like he, he says he's the son of God certain religious leaders conspire to destroy Jesus. So, the gospel reading we just heard is from the 18th chapter of John. It is when Jesus, who has been arrested and brought before certain religious authorities, is then sent to Pontius Pilate. So, it's really interesting historically, and it's much more interesting spiritually. You may want to read through the 18th and 19th chapter of John this week just to enter into this again. So Pontius Pilate is the Roman prefect, the governor of Judea from about 26 to around 36 AD. He is a brutal, he's a representative at least, or an agent of a brutal earthly kingship. The Roman Empire is ruled by a king, the emperor of the Roman Empire. Pontius Pilate, in the passage we just heard, is apparently having a hard time reconciling Jesus, who's right in front of him, with the person he has been told is a very dangerous and threatening person who claims to be the king of the Jewish people, the king of the Jews. If Jesus claims to be the king of the Jews, he is threatening the Roman emperor. He's saying that he somehow is king, not the Roman emperor. But Pilate is not putting this together. So he gets, and sincerely, I think, he gets into a conversation with Jesus about Jesus's kingdom. Jesus does not accept the title of King of the Jews on the terms of Pontius Pilate. He's not going to enter into what Pilate is looking for because Pilate is looking for something that doesn't exist. Jesus, in the conversation with Pontius Pilate, says he does have a kingdom, but his kingdom doesn't belong to this world. It doesn't belong to this world. It belongs to God, right? Jesus says, if my kingdom belonged to this world, my attendants would be fighting to save me from the people who are persecuting me. This gets very deep this week. See if you get this. Jesus' attendants don't fight to save him from the people who want to kill him because he is entering into this to save them. He's entering into this passion to save his persecutors eternally. Jesus says that I, Jesus, came to this world and was born, came into this world and was born to testify to the truth. Anyone who belongs to the truth listens to me. Pilate clearly doesn't get it. You may remember the next verse, which we don't hear in this reading. Pilate says, what is truth? 
Pilate doesn't understand anything Jesus is talking about. Pilate then goes back and forth with the religious leaders and the crowds of people who want to kill Jesus. He doesn't want him executed. They want him executed. Finally, in chapter 19, Pilate hands over Jesus to be crucified. Pilate, who is a representative and an agent of a powerful earthly king, apparently is defeating Jesus, who claims to be the Son of Man, this eternal king of the kingdom of God. When Jesus is crucified and killed, it would appear that he's defeated by an earthly king. Jesus faces this torture and ultimately death, and what he does is live himself. He lives his love. He lives exactly what he's been telling people the truth is. He lives selfless, outpouring, merciful, forgiving, giving, sacrificial love for his very persecutors, for the people who are killing him. When Jesus is killed, it appears that everything he's taught is ridiculous. It's false. Remember one version, one account of this? When he's on the cross, there are people who say, if you're the Messiah, save yourself. He apparently can't save himself. How could he save the world? When Jesus rises from the dead, the truth of all of this begins to unfold. When Jesus rises from the dead and people see him come back to the fullness of life, they realize the power of his love that he lived into that torture was infinitely stronger than all that hatred, all that evil, all that persecution, stronger than death itself. Jesus has within himself the full power of God's life and love, which is the power of the universe. Jesus turns out not just to be a guy, he turns out to be the eternal Son of God who has become a human being through this passion ultimately and death to bring back to this world the full power of God's life and love. And he ultimately breathes this into people through the power of the Holy Spirit. A Christian is a person who gets this. And I tell you, there are people who are 10 years old here who actually really get this. Who Jesus tells people from the beginning he is, the Son of Man, he is the Son of God through whom the entire universe is created, who saves this fallen world, and is the eternal king of the universe. We heard this last week. We heard it again in the second reason. At the end of time, a Christian gets that Jesus is telling the truth. At the end of time, he will come again in glory. He will judge the living and the dead. This world will be brought to its completion. Everything that's of God will become part of his eternal kingdom, and everything and everyone who is not of God will be burned away eternally and will live apart from God eternally. I invite you to just re-enter this this week. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, to what extent are you getting it these days? He's your King, and you're working for Him, doing what He teaches to help build His kingdom, and you are hoping confidently to be part of this eternal kingdom. Every way that that's real for you, that you're making your decisions day by day based on that, blessed are you. That is all that matters in life. And any realization you honestly have this week, that's really not the way I'm living, or these are the ways I'm not living this, just be honest, because those 
honest recognitions are areas for growth. All Jesus wants you to do is to grow in the truth. So to conclude this, I will give you one example that I press on all of you, not from my opinion, but from this year's readings. Those gospel readings in the three-year cycle of the church's readings on this feast are very, very different. This one is all about Pontius Pilate, so I push you to join me in considering this. In every time and place, in this fallen sinful world, there are people who behave as if they are our earthly kings, as in, I am your king, man or woman, I am your king, you will do what I tell you to do, I am in charge here, I set the rules, you follow my rules, or if you don't follow my rules, like the Roman emperor, you will be punished, you will even be killed. It's mostly within families, within marriages, parents, within schools, workplaces, that people behave this way. But it's also people who consider themselves leaders of society. It's 2021. The Son of God brought salvation to this planet 2,000 years ago. There are more than 50 countries in this world, whatever their form of constitutional rule, where there are people who are oppressive, oppressive, brutal rulers who treat free human beings as if I'm the king, you do what I tell you to do. I mean, in Europe, there are despots in Europe, all over Africa, in Asia, in South America. I mean, some of us are from Venezuela. Some of us are from Cuba. I'm looking at someone who's from Cuba. There are people who treat other human beings 2,000 years after the Son of God came here as if I'm the king, you do what I say. In this country of late, we have had political leaders who behave this way. And they're not just this one or that one. Particularly nationally, we have political leaders who are behaving as if they're kings. They're men and they're women. You do what I tell you to do, or there are going to be big consequences. And we've had big consequences in this country. All the more we have in this society, th this country was founded on the principle of overthrowing an unjust imperial power the British Empire, and two, uh, 2,000, 250, whatever it is, years later, we have rich people who think they're the kings of America. Of all stupidity, all stupidities on the planet, a rich person is the one who will tell me what to do. An entertainer is going to tell me what to do. A leader of a social movement is now king. An influencer is king. Somebody, an academic in a university who hasn't met a human being in 25 years is telling me I'm the king. You will think the way I tell you to think. You will speak the way I tell you to speak. Even the words. These words are acceptable. These words are not acceptable. And there'll be a new list next month. And you better catch up. Because I tell you what you can say. I tell you when you must be silent. I tell you what you can do, what you can believe. Do you get this? It's crazy. A Christian, in the midst of all of this, is someone who gets a lot out of that Pontius Pilate passage. A Christian is someone who recognizes this and says, I have a king. It's Jesus Christ. He actually is the king of the universe, and he's the king of my life. I listen to him 
because I belong to the truth, because he is the fullness of the truth. I am getting to work today to help build his kingdom. Whatever you're telling me, I am listening to him, and I'm doing what he says to help build his kingdom. I'm in. If you don't like this, whatever passion you want to push on me, I'm in. I'm in the kingdom of God. That's where I'm working. You want to kill me? You want to cancel me? You want to silence me? Go ahead. He's going to save me. I am in the kingdom. I believe he is going to come without question in glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. I don't know about you, Mr. or Mrs. Earthly King, but I have my suspicions, but I'm in. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.